two main ways that guests initially sort of get on my radar generally in the AI and industry podcast. Um, sometimes we'll have an executive from a company just contact me directly on LinkedIn or Facebook Messenger or whatever the case may be and say, hey, you know, I saw this article. We do these kind of things. Here's the cool PhDs that we have and the uh, problems that we're solving and the customers we have. And, and sometimes that'll be a, a nice way to get, get on my radar. Um, other times it'll be PR firms or executives at the company who will find us through our kind of partnerships and advertising page. Um, they might have a topic or an innovation or a product or an expert. Uh, that's a fit for our editorial guidelines and that they'd really like to get the word out more about and kind of reach our audience a bit. So that's normally how people get on my radar. Um, our guest this week was actually a recommendation from one of the sort of godfathers, so to speak, of machine learning. And that is to say, uh, Yashua Bengio. So Yashua Bengio, uh, famed professor at University of Montreal. Uh, he was on our show a couple of years back. We've been in touch with Yashua on a number of other pieces since then. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm going to be in Montreal doing a, a big series of interviews um, with executives in that domain for a big Huffington Post piece. Who should I talk to Who's has a business that's impacting the business world? Um, and he recommended our guest this week, who's Narges Bufadin, who runs uh, KeyText. KeyText is a natural language programming or NLP-based uh, business that focuses on helping companies understand their text data and glean actionable insights and automate activities based on understanding that text data. We speak specifically this week with Narges about the applications of NLP in customer experience and customer service. So when people get tickets or they get voicemails or they get emails or they get social media messages, how are the patterns and the insights and the locations of all that various information being coaxed forth to present real actionable insights for business. Uh, Narges speaks in depth about a kind of hospitality example, something that their company focuses on from time to time, uh, in terms of coaxing out what aspects make people like or not like a hotel. If there's 20 other hotels in the area, very, very useful to know in real time, why do people love what you do and what are people really not liking what you do? Certainly beats the alternative of a suggestion box that you look at uh, once a week when you can drink in information from all these various sources. So we talk about how that process actually works. In other words, how an NLP system actually brings insights forth from just a scattering smattering of text data and what businesses are actually doing about that to improve their processes uh, and improve their bottom line. So without further ado, this is Narges uh, with Key Text here on AI and Industry. So Narges, what I wanted to start things off with is just a, a general lay of the land of where NLP and sort of machines that can understand language play a role in customer service and user experience management. What are some of the ways that, again, machines that can read, machines that can understand text can sort of benefit those processes? Yeah, sure. So user experience management is really a, a very large task, I would say, or subject. There is a there is one of the interesting parts that uh, you will find very useful for businesses is, uh, is the part where, uh, let's say, customers are sending uh, emails or chatting or sending whatever information to a company. And then you would like to send that information, route that information to the appropriate department. So let's say you have uh, different products. And then uh, you have different departments, support uh, department associated for the different with the different products. It would be very useful to be able to route that question or that email to the appropriate department or the appropriate person. So to do that, one of the 
of the technology very, that would be very useful is definitely uh, natural language processing. Another very interesting, uh, also an important uh, job or task that would be very well served by uh, NLP would be to understand customer feedback. So today, a lot of customers are communicating through emails, uh, on social media, uh, chat, and all that information is really uh, including a lot of, of insight about how to make sure that our customers are, are very satisfied with the product and they yeah. are loyal to the brand. And so this is the kind of, of, uh, the, of topic or of task that NLP could definitely work on and, and, and bring a lot of, uh, of benefit to businesses. Got it. And maybe we'll, we'll poke a little bit into both of those just to, to kind of clear up the picture. So I, I like both of these examples. We're talking about you know, understanding what this feedback is and being able to glean patterns and insights that can help a business make decisions. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the understanding side. Um, and then the, the routing side is making this actionable. So getting this into the, into the inbox, into the bucket, into the folder of whoever is yes. going to have to deal with this and, and do something with it. And like you said, NLP is a good fit here because I guess a lot of the time, you know, you don't really have much uh, information other than text, other than language. So NLP is sort of applying AI to, um, you know, to, to text or to language. Um, if all you're getting is a message in language, and yes, that would be the that would be the appropriate branch of AI. It seems like just to to get an understanding when you talk about being able to to garner some insights from that feedback. This probably can come from a lot of sources. You mentioned it could be emails or chats, or my guess maybe is even you know transcriptions of a phone message yes. of some kind. This could be essentially any form of text or voice stuff that could be boiled down to text, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, absolutely. Cool. And- yes, yeah, so it could come from myriad myriad different sources. I mean, there might be some uh, businesses that that have live chat and they have tickets and they have yeah. emails and they have voicemails and they have. Uh, full-blown call scripts of actual calls that were that were had with an agent, um, and all of that hypothetically, so long as it can be distilled well into text, you know, we can uh, apply some NLP there. In terms of the kinds of insights that people would like, I mean, you know, you're getting to see this in the real world and in, in real companies uh, on a regular basis. I mean, when I've seen previous use cases of this uh, with kind of other companies in this space, it might be, for example, you know, a company that makes a car part that's interested in if they're getting a certain number of a, a very big uptick in their sort of ratio of sales of a product versus complaints about a product within maybe a specific geo region. So that might be like yeah. an insight that they would flag. There might be a, exactly. pharma- a pharmaceutical company that would want something similar. Talk about maybe a few of the examples, you know, you don't have to name yeah. names, but just a few examples of what kinds of tangible insight are valuable that you sort of seen be possible in this domain. Yeah, exactly. So you've mentioned that. So uh, typically customers will communicate through social media. It could be chat. It could be email. It could be, uh, you know, through a call. So getting to those transcription is also another way to being able to tap into that data. And so I have a lot of examples. Uh, Take the case of, uh, for instance, uh, hospitality. So hospitality is really... Uh, a domain, uh, a business domain where there's a lot of competition and uh, the different hotels will be definitely uh, competing on the basis of the service, of the quality, let's say, the the, the cleanness of the room, the service, uh, the food, the location. And some of those aspects, you can do something about it and, and make sure that, you know, the, for instance, the, the room should be, need to be always uh, clean. 
the food should be always, uh, you know, in time, uh, presented in time and, and things like that. So, but tapping into comments coming from customers will, will uh, make you able to get, you know, information about is it done well. Uh, so for instance, uh, we've, uh, we've had some example where people were very, um, happy about a place, about a hotel and, what they mentioned the most in the, uh, the comments was, okay, I really like the fluffy towels. And it was really interesting ah. because, I mean, you won't, you wouldn't be thinking about fluffy towels as an aspect that would uh, contribute in the happiness of your customer, right? And that was really, it's really an easy thing to fix if it's not the case or an easy thing to do to make sure that your customers are happy. Uh, or, or you can, I mean, improve the satisfaction. So by analyzing those type of comments that are left on websites like TripAdvisor or, or, or else or booking.com, then you can understand what really uh, make your customers happy and what really make your customers unhappy and find out can you actually do something about it or not. Yeah, so, that's, that's powerful. And I, I guess it's so much better than the alternative of, you know, having a suggestion box and then, you know, having people look through it uh, at the end of every week or every month or something, right? It's like, it's a very slow process. What you're talking mm -hmm. about is look at all the reviews, look at all the social media uh, comments. That's another aspect of NLP. I, I didn't even mention that when I was speaking, but yeah, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, That that's a whole nother level of uh, looking at all the mentions, all the times people call you out for good things, bad things. And essentially, as you were mentioning, what's kind of tying its way to positive sentiment and what's maybe tying its way to negative sentiment. And mm -hmm. maybe, like you said, it's it's things we weren't even predicting. Or maybe it's it's things we weren't expecting, but it's only at one or two locations. And we would never have such a high resolution of satisfaction per location unless we could kind of drink in that information, you know, geo-specifically and figure out kind of who's tweeting in the Nashville area and find out what's going wrong with the hotel over there because everybody's kind of complaining about the same thing. So um, that does seem exactly. pretty darn useful. And and I, I was going to get into kind of the how this works, you know, what needs to be set up, how, how this is orchestrated. But I, I know that you had one other example, and maybe we would flesh that out too. You talked about um, routing of these messages mm -hmm. uh, in, in some particular sense, is this normally just done with kind of ticket and chat stuff or where do you, like, what's a kind of example of this real world routing just so people get an idea of how this works? Yeah, sure. So for instance, if you have, uh, in the, in the, the support, uh, center, you, you'll receive a lot of events. Sometimes you'll have just a title talking about some problem, a general uh, label, but that doesn't tell you much about the content and what is the real problem. And so you really need to dig deep in, in the text and understand the content of the email and being able to uh, recognize, okay, what is the specific problem related to that email and then find out, okay, who is the person that can, you know, answer in, in a timely manner because all of it is about how fast can we react to questions or requests from our customers. And, and that happens to be very important when it comes to customer satisfaction. So being able to automatically push that email, for instance, to the, the right person to, that will be, uh, doing something about it and answering that particular customer is really, is really important when it comes to customer satisfaction. And 
And NLP, natural language processing, is is the way to be able to understand and to tap in, into the details of the of the email and and recognize the place where to 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 push that mail. Yeah, and so it might be, you know, oh, this is clearly this clearly has to do with a billing issue. We we need exactly. to send this over here, or oh, this yes. clearly has to do with you know a technical problem in the back end, and this obviously needs to go to this to these people. So instead of having a a human being, you know, sitting there as sort of the the router themselves, or or maybe worse, some kind of big sloppy general inbox that everybody has to read everything and figure out who needs to do what, which which just sounds like it would never work. The idea would be to pick up on the context cues with whatever's coming in with that message um, and, and get it in front of the person who needs to do something about it. Exactly. So being able, again, to to go to, into the details and understand the specific problem is really a, a, a task that is well served by uh, NLP. Got it. Cool. Um, and, and so now I guess we can dive a little bit into the how behind this, you know, when I was talking to you off microphone, I kind of joke that, you know, when artificial intelligence is covered generally in the media, it's either seen as kind of a push button thing that's so simple that, you know, as soon as you plug it in, it solves your problems, or it's seen as some kind of crazy rat's nest of wizard skills that nobody should even try to understand because it's so gosh darn hard. And, uh, uh, you know, and there's a specific number of people that know how to use it. And, and then, you know, clearly it's it's not maybe the, you know, to do, uh, to, to construct a system of this sort is certainly not a lay person's task, but it's also not impossible to understand. Um, so I, I love to get a great understanding of how this stuff works. When we think about your first example of understanding the nature of a particular message, whether this be, again, a voicemail, whether this be an email, if we just use those to keep things simple to start off. Um, to understand this fluffy towel pattern, um, mm-hmm. I would imagine in, in the hotel space and in, in the hospitality space, this is just completely based on my previous interviews and, and my limited knowledge of, of the NLP domain. There's obviously some kind of structure that you're setting up in the first place. There are some initial rules that may be able to be constructed in terms of you know, what kind of words and strings we might be looking for under different circumstances, what sort of defined sentiment. Um, you know, we know we're going to, if we're talking about hotels, we know we're going to hear beds, we're going to hear sheets, we're going to hear pools, we're going to hear all kinds of words we never thought about, but we're probably going to hear a lot of uh, synonyms for those words. And so there's probably some orchestration on the front end of knowing, hey, what are the main kind of nodes of feedback that we can probably make sure, we, we just want to make sure we're detecting for off the bat. And then we also want to be able to have an ability to kind of coax out new clumps of terms, coax out new patterns of language. Um, that maybe we we weren't expecting. So that there's probably a little bit baked in and a little bit open to be grabbed. Um, how how does that work in terms of the technology? Because it seems like kind of a again a, a bit of a nuanced uh, mechanism back there. Yes, yeah, interesting introduction for that <laughs> in that regard. So so that's true in a sense. Uh, but I will challenge you about the rules. <laughs> oh, please do, please do. That's that's why I have you on the show. So so. Yeah, so I mean, the technology has uh, improved uh, quite uh, quite a bit, starting like from I would say the seventies. So yes, at that time, a lot of technology were used was using um, tools, as you said. Uh, later uh, in the nineties, uh, it was mainly focused on having, for instance, a list of keywords and looking for those keywords and then inferring from that that the message is talking about that specific subject. 
today we you still have that kind of technology but you definitely I I suppose you have learned heard about deep learning you have oh, learned of course. about yeah 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 this is sort of the technology the, yep the, yeah. this is this is the 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 reason that I guess companies like yours are around is because of how much higher resolution uh, deep yeah. learning and machine learning have permitted so yes certainly that's that's why you guys have a value proposition so i mean the big uh, challenge when it comes to natural language processing is being able to generalize to be to be robust when it comes to handling the variation and the nuances of natural language so you might actually be in, uh, being expressing a single idea in, in different manners right in different ways and the limits of having, you know, those lists of keywords, applying rules, which are very static, has some limitation when it comes to understanding the nuances. And, and today, we, you will definitely see uh, improvement when, when we use other techniques, uh, mainly based on, on machine learning and, and deep learning, which is one of the algorithms in machine learning. So instead of having rules, so what does it mean when you put a rule? That means that there is a person who actually read a lot of or, or, or analyzed a lot of examples of text and uh, inferred some rule or a subset of or a set of rule and implemented them to make sure that it will cover, let's say, 80 percent of uh, the different cases that he that person has seen uh, in the in the different texts. An example of, of that rule would, would be if I see the word, let's say, I love, love and the service, then I will infer that the customer is happy about the service. Yeah. Which makes sense because you have the word happy or love and service. But suppose that there is another sentence when you say, oh, you know, I really, really liked the service and the service was, was quite good, but I feel that there can be some improvement. Then you have a lot of information that doesn't fit actually in that rule and that is not captured by, by that rule. And those are the kind of limits that you will have when, when you apply, you know, rules and, and the new improvement, or I would say the new wave of technology when it comes to natural language processing is to say, how can we use the data to educate a system or an algorithm to be able to recognize patterns about what makes, what is satisfaction? What, what are the words that express satisfaction about the subject? And what are the words or the, the expressions that express a dissatisfaction, for instance, about specific subject? And to do that, uh, it's more about having a generic algorithm that will be trained. And when we talk about training, it's about showing examples where you have an answer and the, the, I would say the words or the text that support that answer. So for instance, you have that same customer saying, I love the bathroom. It was clean. And you will say, okay, to the system, that means the bathroom is positive or there is a sense of being satisfied with the bathroom. And by showing a lot of examples, a lot of them, thousands of examples about the bathroom and, and being happy about it, then you educate that algorithm, you make it learn that whatever configuration that includes, whatever context around the word love, happy, like, and bathroom, all of it 
means the same thing, that the bathroom uh, is, is positive in that case, is, generates a positive sentiment in that case. Yeah, and, and just, just to get some perspective on this, and, and uh, I think this is really going to be handy for the folks listening in, um, clearly, again, there's, there's training involved. And, and yeah, don't, don't get me wrong, I certainly uh, didn't expect that you guys were selling expert systems here. Uh, machine learning is clearly the brunt of, of what you do. But my guess is, if you, let's say, you know, as, as your company grows, if we just use you guys as an example, if you end up working with a thousand hotels and you also end up working with a thousand, I don't know, or, or maybe two dozen pharmaceutical companies, you may have a different way that you tool and instrument and orchestrate things up front Absolutely. for your 999th hotel than you yeah. do for your pharma. So there's going to be something to start with. In other words, I guess sometimes uh, machine learning is painted as if like, nope, pure black box, no matter what the problem, throw it in there ice cold. Totally yeah. really not the case, actually. So, yeah. so there, there's obviously some tooling and orchestration that's domain specific. And a lot of actually what companies growing in those domains uh, implies is sort of taking that black box and kind of pointing it, molding it, shaping it in a way that's really going to respond to that kind of environment. In this case, we're talking about hospitality. But, but of course, like you said, plenty of it is really based on the machine learning, but, but th there is some initial sort of setting up of how this would work. Just so I know, you know, you're talking about kind of training it with different examples. You mentioned the bathroom, you know, good one. I, I bet there's plenty of comments and ratings on hotels that have to do with whether they like the bathroom or not. Um, initially, is this scored by people? In, in other words, like, um, is there kind of a, a core initial process whereby people will say, okay, here, here's, here's ticket number one. Uh, all right, well, this has to do with these topics and the sentiment is positive and mm -hmm. here's why. And this has to do with these topics and the sentiment's negative and here's why. And we kind of go ticket by ticket to train the system to say, okay, what is this about? Is the positive, you know, the sentiment negative, positive, neutral? You know, is, is, this, is this a early part of the process for any such application? Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you're perfectly right. So when we talk about training and when we're talking about data data set, uh, and we say, okay, we need to show the system what is the answer that he needs to learn, then behind that, there is actually humans doing that kind of annotation and preparing that type of, putting that type of, of answer. So typically you will have a set of annotators who are people who will decide what is the answer that should be put in that, uh, or, or uh, you should give to the, to the system. And this is definitely uh, one of the tasks that need to be done uh, before the training, it's it's a preparation. You need to prepare your data set uh, with all the annotations that will allow the system to learn. And you're, you're perfectly uh, right. And, and um, just to go back, uh, so you said about the business knowledge. So you're talking about pharmaceutical industry. You're talking about hospitality. And these are two uh, domains that are quite different. And yes. The vocabulary is quite different. So... Again, people will highlight or will uh, decide that it's different information that should be highlighted in those data sets. Uh, and, and this is the kind of knowledge and I would say specialization that will be done when the annotation is, is done before the training. So the customization yep. comes with preparing the data set and not within uh, when when the training is done, I mean, uh, training the algorithm uh, per se. Got it. Okay, and that is that's useful to understand. And and just to see if I'm I'm right or, or if I'm clarifying the proper points here, 
in terms of how this works as well, you know, at present, you know, if, if, if a new hospital wants to implement a system or uh, sorry, a new hotel wants to implement the system, uh, maybe, maybe it would, it would be a little bit better if it was a chain of hotels because they might really need a, a significant enough flow of, of this sort of information in order to properly train a system. And my guess is the kind of tagging and flagging and, and, you know, training a system to understand here's, here's the subject of this sort of comment. Here's the sentiment of this sort of comment. Um, is that work done generally by, you know, is, is that sort of outsourced teamable stuff or is that really have to be done with some kind of domain expert oversight from the business itself? And in, in our case here, uh, from someone within the hotel to, to really aid in that initial uh, training process or for the most part is there maybe a bit of guidance and then that stuff can be handed out to the Far East uh, where a lot of kind of data tagging and flagging is done at, at lower cost. Um, what's, what's the sort of involvement, I guess, from in-house domain experts when it comes to setting something like this up at, let's say, a hotel? Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. So just to make, to make sure that I'm, I'm clear about that. Uh, so the training phase is not done by the company who is buying the product. The training phase is done by the company who's selling the product, so the, the provider. And in that case, you really have two ways of handling the fact that the, you, you are selling to different, to different, uh, I would say businesses. Uh, um, so for instance, you'll have, like for us, Hitex, who are, we provide software for, to detect, let's say, customer satisfaction. And in our case, we don't really, we handle different domains. We handle different business domains. It could be hospitality, it could be, uh, let's say, um, finance, banking. Yep. So all of those are really different. And I, I agree with you, it's different vocabulary. But again, it's not because we are using uh, advanced AI algorithms, we are not, we are avoiding the burden of uh, needing experts from uh, that company to help us annotate the, the, the data, which 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 sometimes, I mean, there are other providers doing that and, and it takes a lot of time. So it depends really on how you have developed your system, but you can uh, actually avoid that, that stage of bringing experts from that industry to do the data preparation if you use uh, some uh, different types of, of algorithms. So there are two ways to to address that that problem. Either you you use some some technology that can actually learn that vocabulary given the data you are pushing in the system, which is exactly what you're doing, or you can just you know ask experts from that field from that domain to annotate the data and then train your system to sell to them you know the, the system that fit their business. And uh, in, in, uh, at that moment, that takes a lot of time, and then, and that's why there is some. In most cases, there is a lot of customization when it comes to implementing that type of solution for specific businesses. Got it. Okay, cool. Now, I'm I'm wary of time, but I did just want to to carry this through just to to kind of make the understanding clear for the audience. So I appreciate you articulating again the the sort of process of how this is done, and I think you know there probably are companies in your same space in the NLP space who will walk into business. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they're all in different industries, and they really are going to have to start from scratch, and they really are maybe going to need s at least some degree of, of, of 
some kind of expertise to know how to work yes. in an auto shop or how to work. But, yes. but the, the golden ideal, I think, when it comes to business models, you know, and I don't, I don't run a business model currently that's predicated on machine learning. But, but if I did, uh, the golden ideal here is you work with a certain threshold of hotels to the point where your system gets hotels. You know, the, the kinks have been worked out. The, the terms have been fleshed out. The, the sentiment is always on point. If you had an expert look over the shoulder, they would not even be able to do better than the system because you've, you've trained it on so much hotel information already. Now you can walk into hotel number 907 and say, yep, like this is as close to plug and play as it gets. We've done the training. That, that's kind of the ideal, I guess, from a vendor's perspective. And I guess what you're saying is you guys have tried to focus on a certain number of areas, be able to really nail them so that when you walk in, you know, the manager of that hotel doesn't have to sit there and score tickets for the first, you know, month because the, that process has sort of already been done and trained and to some degree kind of baked into expertise in that area. Am I getting the correct assumption here? Yeah, so exactly. So again, as long as you have the data, then there's a different way to capture the specifics, the specifics of the business domain. And when I was saying about telling that it could be people actually pointing the right answer for that specific domain, let's say pharmaceutical versus hospitality, or having some algorithm doing that for you, then uh, you better be having that algorithm. Yeah, than, yeah. You know? So, and that's exactly, today, this is the kind of, of technology that is that that exists. It's not really available everywhere, but there is that kind of technology that doesn't need experts coming from different domains to uh, that will be preparing the data sets before training and, and, and having that burden if you want to address different businesses, uh, business domains uh, with your product. Got it. And so do you see, I guess, in a, in a closing note, just thinking moving forward, obviously you folks have a, a focus on kind of the user experience management yeah. side of things. I've, I've gotten a chat with you guys. I had a great time being able to, to walk into your offices and hang out with you and your, your co-founder for a while. So I have an understanding of what you guys focus on, user experience management, clearly an area where you guys are knuckled down. And you probably have some industries where you're focused on. When you look yeah. ahead at the future of this, this space, NLP, even if even maybe even just NLP for user experience management, do you see an ecosystem arising where there are companies that have really nailed all the conceivable user experience kind of permutations and manifestations in a given industry like let's say you know airlines or you know other related travel stuff and maybe other folks that really 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 focus on restaurants or really really focus on uh, drug companies or do you see it more of kind of a grab bag than that in other words do you see specialization in the future ecosystem of NLP given the fact that if somebody starts working with 12 pharma companies they're probably going to have a big leg up on working with the 13th than somebody who's coming from restaurants who needs to now work with pharma for the first time. Maybe you would see that in a different way than, than I've articulated it. But do you see kind of a varied ecosystem arising with certain kind of domain expertises, systems that are trained on more data with more experience in specific areas really kind of taking more and more of that particular slice of the pie? Do, do you see the, the industry developing in that kind of way in NLP? Yes, absolutely. It could be. It could be the case. I think since the data is really uh, the key uh, when it comes to yes. uh, developing such systems. So if you have already uh, a lot of data in that domain, it would be uh, definitely an asset for, for, for the company to continue 
to improve, I would say, the performances based on the, the new data in that same, very same field. So, yeah. uh, of course, if you have 15 hotels, you have probably a terabyte, a bit of, of, a, of information when, it, when you have a hundred of them. It's, it's much more data uh, that can, you can use to improve your system. And that absolutely is uh, an asset for a company. So yes, it, that could be, uh, Actually, something that we are already seeing, and, and I think we will continue to see. Huh. Okay. Cool. Nice. I, just interesting to understand what the business dynamics will be mo- moving forward. I know I get plenty of LinkedIn messages about business models and target markets, and and kind of all kinds of cool vendor stuff. And it's great to hear from people who are actually out there doing it. So, Narjay, I know we went a little bit uh, into overtime, but I sincerely appreciate you sharing your perspective and some some very fleshed out examples here of NLP in business. So thank you for joining us on AI and industry. (laughs) Thank you very much, Dan. That's all for this episode on the AI and industry podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications and business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, Most of our podcast listeners get the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.